It's Two Jerks, One Vote, and Jerkatorium is reviewing the songs in the Freak Flag song fight with our special guest, JB. That's John Benjamin. It's... I, I seem to be getting some kind of interference. What, what's going on? The name comes up on your iTunes playlist, and you know you're fucking in for it now. You're tired of listening to buffoons, now you're in for then he pops up on the song fight front page And you know he's gonna crush it somehow And you've been waiting far too long For another awesome song Goddamn the John Benjamin band Is coming at you like a wrecking ball A hundred thousand billion songs And you're guaranteed to love them all The man for music The legend John Benjamin band The John Benjamin band was hope against hope i was really rooting for cybronica uh, but it ended up being a tie for first place between possum sauce which is also a great song and also tom skillman you know they both had very good songs and got votes from both of us too yeah the possum sauce entry was particularly good I yeah thought. i was really pleased he won and uh cybronica came in third after paco del stinko which is not a bad place to be in really i really like that paco song and i voted for that one too yeah, Paco is really expanding his lead on Berkeley social scene. This is another fight where there is no Berkeley social scene entry. That's right. He's going to be able to take a summer off. <laughs> or at least take two or three weeks off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know. Berkeley could come and do like 10 entries in a row. <laughs> like, I mean, in the same week. Yeah. Just, just fire off 10. <laughs> yeah. three, three hours on a Tuesday and they've got, you know, 10 songs. Yeah, Glennie did that once, more or less. <laughs> so 
All right. Our listeners might be hearing somebody, uh, a guest to our show, John Benjamin. Now, I mentioned this in a different podcast, but if I remember right, like sometime around 2003 or 2004, I was listening and reviewing songs at what was then garageband.com, no relation to the Apple software. And I heard some Frankie Big Face there, and it led me to check out more of his stuff at songfight.org. And that's how I started listening to songfight music and lurking on the boards and occasionally submitting art and downloading just tons of music. I would download songs and burn compilation CDs for myself, which are probably still around here somewhere, except I don't think I have a CD player anymore. Anyway, I burned myself like a Frankie Big Face song fight CD, a 1516 puzzle CD, a Hostess Mostess CD, and probably like a dozen other bands. But I had to burn two John Benjamin band CDs because he had too many great songs to fit onto one. The John Benjamin band has 52 song fight entries under that name, mm-hmm. plus probably like a dozen or more entries and collaborations under names like Bitter Benjamin. Berkeley Social Scene versus the John Benjamin Band, Dubose Triangle versus the John Benjamin Band, the John Benjamin Band with Patrick Clayton, John Benjamin Big Face, JB, JB and Hugo, JB and Sam, uh, JBB and ADD, JBBSS, JBivious, <laughs> Obscurity featuring JB, Sparks and JB, and he also submits as Abjur, and I'm sure that I didn't catch everything there. Yeah, there's probably some that I missed, but I counted at least 14 song fight wins at minimum, plus he won round one of Nurine 3. And uh, he's produced a ton of great stuff for the cover fights and the other side fights. He is song fight royalty and uh, some sort of administrator, but we'll get into that later. Check out his stuff at johnarama.com. That's J-O-H-N-O-R-A-M-A.com. Welcome, John Benjamin. Thank you. Thank you very much. What did we miss? What other things are you involved in that we didn't say? Man, I forgot all about that Bitter Benjamin thing. I can't even remember who that was with. I, Is that even me? That was, <laughs> I, I don't even know if that was me. <clears throat> I was in the hotel fight, which is the only thing that that... So maybe that's me. Um, I, did, I, I did go through and do like a control F and just assume that every every band that had a J or a B in its name was probably you. I would so. have to listen to that one just to know if that was me. I was in the hotel fight. That's Bitter Benjamin, the only fight that that name is in was hotel. And that could have been me, but I can't remember. I tend to use a different name when somebody else is involved because it's not just me. And somebody else did write a verse of lyrics for that. The verse or the chorus? I can't remember. My friend Steve gave me a couple of lines for that. So, But yeah, so you, you caught most of them. I also play in a band in the real world called Menage a Garage. Yes. And uh, it's all of my songs. Some of them were written in collaboration with our previous drummer. Um, but most of them are my songs. Some of them are song fight songs. Uh, a couple of them are songs from the old album fight that I did with Frankie Big Face and Ad Music. But yeah, so that's my main real world musical endeavor it is is Menage a Garage, aka Mag. You can find us at magrocksdc.com. I'm just looking over the the archive to see if you ever submitted anything as Menage a Garage and I don't see it. No, we haven't. It tends to take us a long time to work up a song, so 
it's unlikely that we will be able to get it together to record in the time frame of a song fight. But I have written songs that go on to become songs that we play as Menagerie Garage. Cool. Cool, cool. And I'm hoping that my entry from this week, Free Flag, will go on to become a song that we play live because it's pretty hard. I like it. Hey, we'll get to it. Don't don't rush us. <laughs> I seem so. to have this this memory in the back of my head that you also did a song with MC Frontalot. Am I confusing you with someone else? We did a bunch of stuff with MC Front a lot, or in his human guise, uh, Damien. Yep. Half of Dubo's triangle. Okay. Half of a triangle is still a triangle, right? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I've done a lot of stuff with him and those cats, when mostly when they were in San Francisco. One of the primary ones I did with both Mo and Damien of Dubo's triangle was uh, Shark Tornado. We entered the Sunny Again fight. So that's me and Mo and Damien in collaboration. I don't know if you guys have listened to that one, but that one is one of my favorites. We all took on the aspects of a Scottish punk rock band. And so we all had names, and uh, my name is Kenna Fathom. And uh, I can't remember what Moe's name or, or Damien's names were, but they were similarly ridiculous. But the song that came out of it is pretty awesome. Cool. We'll have to check that out. And it just so happens that I entered twice into Sunny Again, once as Shark Tornado, and then once as myself, and Damien wrote the lyrics for the one that I entered just as myself. He sent me these lyrics. I can't remember the order in which it occurred, but he sent me lyrics, and I think I decided, well, I'm going to go with a song, and I'm going to write this song in addition. And then after we had recorded the Shark Tornado song, I recorded Damien's lyrics. But the way that I had to sing for the Shark Tornado song was so difficult for my voice. I got through like two takes of the acoustic song before my voice just completely gave out and if, if you listen to it you'll you'll see why because it's just like totally like i've been gargling nails <laughs> and it's only from 16 years ago so i can't believe that i didn't clock that <laughs> well yeah we've done a bunch of other stuff i consider damien a friend and when i used to live in atlanta they stayed at my house when he was on tour and i've played cello for him on a few things. A couple of his early albums I played cello on, like uh, Goth Girl, you'll hear my cello in the recording there. So yeah, I have a intertwined history with those San Francisco cats. Hey, you also did a great collaboration with Glenn Case a few times. I really loved your 2600 song. Oh yeah, I love that song. That's great. <laughs> we wrote that after uh, I think it was Song Fight Spokane. I stayed in town for another day or two and stayed at Glenn's house. I think I stayed at Glenn's house, if I recall correctly. But anyway, he and Rachel showed me around town, and um, we had just a great time. And I said, hey, man, let's write a song. And uh, he doesn't usually write that way, but we basically just traded off verses and collaborated. And then the song sat for like four years or something like that before we finally picked it up and finished it off, and he put it on one of his albums. And But yeah, yeah. it turned out really cool, and I found this great soft synth that emulates the 2600 music chipset mm -hmm. so all of the sounds that sound kind of atari-ish are fairly authentic atari-ish kind of sounds so yeah very cool you know that line about him wanting you to play et i thought was hilarious especially yeah. in the context when you realize that he is like the world record holder in that game i love that reference as well because it's 
actual. It's real. <laughs> it sounds like it's a joke just because you have the record. Like, you know, like two kids are saying you've got the record between us and he's got the, you know. But no, Glenn really actually in real life holds the world record for the Atari 2600 ET game, which is considered one of the, if worst. not the, <laughs> worst video games in the history of video games. So cool. Yeah, yeah, I was blown away when I actually did a little research on Glenn for this recent Neurine. and was like, oh my god, he is the world record holder in this. I had no idea. Man, you know how long you have to just sit there and stare at a cathode ray tube? Not even, I don't even think it's emulated. I think he actually has a TV or something like that that he plays these things on. He, he has a Dodgem record too, I think, if I recall correctly. Yeah, he's quite an accomplished video gamer. I always found Dodgem to be almost impossible. I could play it for like two minutes and then I would die. Uh, yuck. <laughs> Dating myself, but yeah, I had all those games. <laughs> so you're an administrator of sorts, or maybe an administrator, just administrator for Songfight. Is that right? What's your role here? Okay, so here's the history of it. So at some point, the person who invented it, Narbotic, came up with Songfight. He had songfight.com, and that's where it ran. And after a year or two, he got tired of it. And so he kind of stopped doing it, just kind of died. And then it would be sporadically updated and every once in a while. So we, we didn't like that because we were fairly obsessed with song fighting. Like we would stay <laughs> up all night making these songs, and we were totally and completely and utterly into it. And he just stopped doing it. Uh, for his own reasons, I didn't, I, I've never really talked to him about it. But we picked it up as these fights that we called Meanwhile. And Meanwhile happened mostly on the boards, the message boards, which I think at that time we might have been on the Dumbrella uh, message boards before we moved into our own stuff. And at that time, I I don't know. I don't know what possessed me, but I was like, I'm going to grab some other domains so they don't get squatted because I love Songfight and I want it to keep going. So I grabbed and registered songfight.org and songfight.net. And after a while, I can't remember what the triggering mechanism was. We just decided that, you know, he's not going to do this anymore. So let's start it back up on songfight.org. And of course, this was like forever ago. It's been on songfight.org multiples of times longer than it was on .com. And so for a while, Spud of Octothorpe and I ran it. And Spud did all the work. And I just took all the credit. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> So, you know, mix and match it. Whatever needed to be done, whoever wanted to pick it up is what is what really happens. And then Spud turned over his part of the work to Lunkhead, who Lunkhead now does all the work. But it all is on a hosting account that is my hosting account. I own the domains. I've you know I registered the domains. So for a long time, I just referred to myself as Songfight's uh, Sugar Daddy. <laughs> so that's basically my role is, I don't know how other people perceive how it works but i just think of myself as a, a little bit of a caretaker i love the classic attitude that we've always uh had for song fight i loved spud's attitude towards things in general um it's a pretty conservative attitude toward changes the thing runs on almost no technology at all which is very annoying from a maintenance standpoint as lunkhead will tell you for sure <laughs> But I do like that it doesn't change very much. You know, the focus is on keep writing songs, you fools, and shut up about whether we've got 
adequate detection of multiple voting. Fuck off. Who gives a shit? You're not winning anything. <laughs> so don't worry about it so much. I was saying, you know, at some point we did say, all right, we're going to track IP addresses and we won't let the same IP address vote. But, you know, get a VPN and you can vote 100 times if you want. But, you know, so that's my role in Songfight is I own the domains. It runs on my hosting stuff. And as far as I'm concerned, it will continue to do that until I die. Well, that's really cool. I just I think we'd all just assume that Halliburton did all that. So I'm really uh, happy to hear that. Well, you know, um, even a sugar daddy needs a sugar daddy. So, <laughs> that, you know, if, if we can oppress some third world countries in order to have song fight, I guess the trade off is worth it. Yeah. You yeah. know, JB, I wanted to ask you about the prayer for pancakes fight. Oh, yeah. That was fun. So you were on TV, right? Yeah. I don't know how it came about, but the old TV show Attack of the Show, which was on G4, uh, invited us to be on an episode and just do a segment on song fight, you know, like a two minute segment. And so they flew me out and put me up and Spud flew out and we went on the, uh, attack of the show and we had a special fight that happened during that segment. They announced it at the beginning of the show, prayer for pancakes. And then I went back in the green room and Spud and I wrote a song and that was the song we wrote. And then also, you know, you'll notice that there's also a fight called Attack of the Show. So we had previously written all of the songs for the Attack of the Show song fight. And then during that episode of Attack of the Show, they played some selections from some of the songs. Oh, wow. Do you have a copy of that? I went looking. You know, I tried to find archives of Attack of the Show and I found references to it, but I was never no. able to find the actual video. Me either. Yeah, no, I, I think that one's lost to history. I never got a copy of it, and I could never find a copy of it online. Maybe one of your listeners could. Yeah. Right. I don't know if there's, is there an archive of all of the Attack of the Shows out there? Some really heavy-duty Kevin Pereira fan <laughs> like got all of everything he's ever done. Yeah, it, I don't think like so. This, yeah, it sounds like the sort of thing that we wouldn't be surprised if Fluffy had just hanging around. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Right, don't Fluff, know. Fluffy is an archivist for sure. Also, I just want to gush for a little while. Uh, I've been listening to your entry for Bad Dreams like on every iPod playlist I've had for the past 15 years. And also other songs that, you know, like Funny Enough for You. And I'm kind of embarrassed. I just found out that Firebomb, that your Firebomb is the Firebomb that I'd been attributing to 1516 Puzzle, who also did a cover of it. But I was listening to Abominominus's cover which I was giving 1516 puzzle credit for having written, but it was you with those amazing <laughs> lyrics. And I, well, I was kind of going back and I'm, I'm no, I've no, I have lost the thread because <laughs> there are two fights where I traded off. I traded one with 1516 puzzle and that was firebomb. And then I traded with ad for funny enough for you. So it so all we, depends on which songs you're talking about. So, so the way it worked was I wrote a song and sent it to ad and he wrote a song and sent it to me. And then we recorded each other's songs. And then I did the same thing with 1516 Puzzle. I wrote a firebomb, he wrote a firebomb, and then we sent each other our demos <laughs> and we recorded those. And that's what we submitted as ourselves. Oh, cool. So, so, wait, so I have we're three completely versions. fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So I have three versions of it, which means that I have your version of Firebomb which I'm guessing now was actually, yeah, written by 1516 Puzzle. I have 1516 Puzzle's version of it, which might be a demo version that he sent to you now that I'm thinking about it. 
And then I also have Abominominus's version, which is also very okay. I I don't I I, I I'm rescinding my credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, forget about it. Yours is the one that I actually hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a weak link in this whole thing. No, 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 no. But but yeah, uh, okay. So well, in that case, I'm going to steer people towards other songs of yours, but just to kind of show off your range. I mean, songs like Firecrackers. And 120 <laughs> miles per hour and birds of our own, you know, it's just a whole bunch of great music, but it's also so very different from everything else. It's like birds of our own has like a bit of a Laurie Anderson feel firecrackers is maybe negative land ish, but not really 120 miles per hour an amazing acapella performance. And, um, and then, oh, and then stuff like deep subreddit, which we had a lot of conversations about back <laughs> When we first started out, but uh, but I thought it was amazing and also terribly different and incestuous. I, and I can't even remember deep subreddit. It was abjure. And oh, okay. Yellow that's why I don't. That's why I don't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to black out on the abjure songs because they're usually nothing that I would like to own up to. Oh. <laughs> I enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, I'm proud of them. They're just usually really just wrong okay <laughs> it, it totally triggered chumpy so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like who is this abjure guy like copying mc front a lot what is up with that oh okay yeah I, I was i looked up the lyrics just now okay i got it <laughs> i remember this one i do i think you were trolling <laughs> us a little bit yeah maybe but uh i i think there were some people who got it and some people who got annoyed but... they did <laughs> <laughs> Just terrible. Ah, oh, right. This ain't no party. This ain't no disco. This ain't no safe zone in the middle of Frisco. Wow. <laughs> oh, hey, these are pretty good lyrics. I don't even remember writing them. <laughs> well, you didn't write half of them. <laughs> it's true. I don't remember writing my my third of these lyrics. <laughs> yeah. You should you should probably go through them very carefully and and come up with the ratio. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a good use of somebody's time. Yeah, we just talked about spending a lot of time on ET. I don't. I don't think anybody has any standing here to criticize somebody. God, these time. are terrible. Here comes a part where I wasn't overjoyed. Fire, she said, and before I could scream, I got a double eyeful of fresh red wedding. Oh my god! <laughs> See, this is why I don't own up to Abjur songs because that's just wrong. Uh, well, We're gonna have to have show impact, notes right? for the show, Ryan. So I'll, I'll definitely include links to all of this stuff. The eight foot Groot and the Furious Seven shirts astounded. Yeah, yeah. No, these are good. These are, I, I did a good job on this, but yeah. I mean, whoever wrote them did a good job on this. It wasn't me. <laughs> it was that Abjur fellow that everybody should blame these on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyhow, uh, amazing. Made a big impact in a fight that I think you know was you know I, I still remember. I can still hum Lunkhead's submission for that one, and uh, it was the first one that. Um, Jurgatorium submitted to in our current form. So yeah, I have very, very fond memories of that whole fight in general. All right. But anyhow, should we move on? Yeah. Let's jump right into it. The title was Freak Flag. And just as a little precursor here, I was kind of expecting more sort of celebratory songs than a lot of what we got. It sort of doesn't matter. Uh, and it's sort of unjustified that I would have that kind of uh, expectation. But that is going to kind of color my reviews coming up just to warn everybody ahead of time 
Yeah, but should we should, start? You should never don't expect things on Song Fight. Yeah. MC Frontalot, by the way, has a great quote about expecting things on Song Fight. He says, "When you expect to win, you just wind up mad at Octothorpe." Because <laughs> they had entered, and I think Damien, uh, like Dubo's Triangle, had entered or something, or it might have been uh, the other one, the Children's Choir, whatever it's called. <clears throat> Milwaukee and they, Youth Center, yeah, yeah, I mean Milwaukee <laughs> Children's Choir, Milwaukee Youth Center had entered, and and but it was Octothorpe's first week that they had ever entered, so they had a friend flood and they won. And I think that Damien had expected to win that week and just wound up mad at Octothorpe. So don't ex- don't expect things on Song Fight. That's just a recipe for yeah. being being disappointed. Yeah, this is a little bit of a aside, but somebody in their what do you call it in their signature after their for their posts on the Song Fight bulletin board has the quote, "I only like good music and, <laughs> and, and Octothorpe." Octothorpe. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. All right. When I heard Freak Flag, I just thought immediately of the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young song, right? I'm not even familiar with that. It's a song called think. Almost Cut My Hair. It goes, almost cut my hair, happened just the other day, it's getting kind of long, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I didn't, and I wonder why I feel like letting my freak flag fly. That's what I re- took away from it. Huh. Which is sort of a celebration of being a freak, which oh, yeah. Crosby well, I mean- definitely was. I associate the freak flag kind of a whole idea as a sort of a celebration of, you know, letting it all out, being yourself no matter what. And when I think about freak flag, I think about the, there's a, they might be giant song. So how, uh, how can I sing like a girl? Yes. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> and, and that's one of the first things that popped in, in my mind. Also, uh, yeah, me, yeah, me too. Yeah. Also RuPaul's drag race, the winner, which, you know, was announced right around the time of this title being announced, mentioned, you know, that you got to let your freak flag fly. And I was wondering if that was a coincidence or not. But uh, but anyhow, yeah. So it always kind of seemed like a celebratory thing for me anyway. That's how I took it. That was my approach. Yeah. 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 More than one competitor came up with the sort of idea that, you know, there's a lot of people who want to be freaks and, you know, they're just conforming in their nonconformism. Hey, don't don't steal my notes before we get to those songs, all right? Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> so let's start off with Balance Lost. Send the freak flag and stay away Or you'll catch something unsavory Cause words dehumanize me Till your actions are justified Urgency doesn't fade I thought the, the doubled vocals seem a little sloppy, but I don't mind it. You know, it's very balanced, lost delivery. I like the use of the synthesizers during the chorus. And I also really like the cadence of the vocals. You know, there's something kind of unexpected about the phrasing, uh, and I like that a lot. Reminded me a little bit of XTC uh, with the stuff that's happening in the rhythm section. And I think that's good, too. 
you know, the lyrics are great, but uh, again, I prefer celebratory to sort of victimhood. But these lyrics are great regardless. So I was I was good with it, and I'm going to vote for this song. I just kept going one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Because I guess it's in six four, right? And that repeating jangly sort of guitar riff repeats every six beats. That threw me for a little bit, just trying to figure out what the time signature was. I like this song as well. I definitely got some XTC sort of 80s vibe from it. And then there are some big vocal leaps in the verse melody, which keeps things interesting. A lot of people on the boards reference that piss in the alleyway sort of line, which came right before the urgency doesn't fade line. And in my mind, it's like, it's urgent. I have to piss in the alleyway. They were sort of linked, which I, I don't think that was the actual intention there. But um, yeah, I like this song a lot. And I think it's probably going to be in the top one or two or three songs this fight, just because it's got such a great feel and just a, a really nice sound to it. I noticed that things were a little sloppy in the vocal doubling as well, but I think it helps a little bit if they're not right on top of each other so you can hear them a little bit better. I noticed that as well, uh, and I mentioned that when it, on the boards and uh, got a little bit defensive about it, I think. <laughs> but to my mind, it, it's kind of one of those things about how do you approach criticism at, when you're receiving it. And if like three or four people all say that they noticed that those could be a little bit more well aligned, like maybe you don't want to do it so precisely that you can't tell one from another, but there's something there that's taking people out of the experience of listening to your song. And were he going to go back and you know redo this a little bit, you know I would hope that he would address that. Just make it something that was really intentional rather than a side effect of either a lack of time or because that's kind of how I read his response was, yeah, I hear that, but that's how I want it to be. I'm not certain that I believe that. It's it's kind of like I mentioned on the boards. It's, it's like one of those chefs that says, no, 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 I like it that spicy. No, you don't. You just <laughs> fucked up. And so just own it if you fuck up, but do it on purpose. So if, if he were going to go back and remix this, you know, just make sure that's the way you want it, right? As soon as you recognize it, I've said this on the boards before, as soon as you recognize something in one of your mixes or one of your songs and you make a conscious decision to leave it that way, then it's yours. Then that's a purposeful, intentional decision that you made creatively. It's not just, oh, hey, that's cool. I didn't hear that before. That's an accident, right? You know, it might be great, might be nice, but you don't take artistic credit for that. And the same thing happens for mistakes. Don't say, no, 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 but that's the way I like it. If you didn't actually try it, then fuck off. Right. Not that I'm telling balance lost to fuck off. I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> Don't mean to, I'm not trying to start anything at all. Um, I like the song as well. I like that little synthy blip at the beginning, and I like the the bass sound. The sound is pretty cool. I agree that it sounds super 80s, and I like that as well. I did mention that I would like some of the points in his lyrics to be driven a little bit harder to make sure that that's the point you're trying to make. Like, where does it really peak? You know, rather than here's another line, here's another line, here's another line and just let them flow, it should rise to a point and make that point and just affirmatively say, this is what I'm trying to say. And the arrangement and the performance should all lead in that direction. And I think that it falls down a little bit in that respect. But I like the song as well. You don't have to fix the vocal doubling. Fuck me. I'm, I'm just some <laughs> asshole with an opinion. I am some asshole with access to flex time. 
So I often fix all of that stuff and make. Oh them yeah, line I know up about exactly you guys right. and your flex time. I think <laughs> we've had this discussion before. <laughs> yeah, but you know the the problem with having everything aligned exactly to the beat is all of the transients collide, and you just end up with an awful mess on the f- frequency spectrum if you're not careful. You only you only have to leave one transient. Yeah, that's the thing. Leave one transient and cut everything off. That's not that. Even if it sounds weird, soloed, just leave one and you've got everybody covered. Right. Yeah, you don't want to pile up of S sounds. That's what DSers are for. Crank <laughs> that sucker, man. Logic just released a brand new DSer. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's we free. need to talk about that, Ryan. You need to upgrade. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I don't do any of that anyway. <laughs> so that's all your side of things. So should we move on to Demetrodon? This is Lycan Throat's buddy David, who is on bass, and he sings, and he plays electric guitar, and uh, I thought his singing sounded a lot like James Owens. Did anybody else get that? I didn't get that. Huh. You can't hear him super well, because, you know, the vocals are all buried, and I think we've had conversations about EQ before, and, uh, you know, things are panned pretty wide. There's like a a sort of crappy-sounding electric guitar, and by crappy I mean sort of abrasive-sounding. And then there's this sort of an acoustic-sounding guitar on the left. And you'd think that would just leave the center wide open for the vocals, but the vocals end up buried. I think JB mentioned that there's some EQ problems. Like, you think it's like the mid-highs of the guitars that are just stepping all over his vocals? I don't know if that's what's stepping on his vocals. I just noted that I hated that with a passion. Yeah. And that was what what killed the tone for you. I just hate the electric guitar tone. Everything about it was just terrible. The panning was terrible. I said it was making my eyes cross, and I meant that literally because I was listening to it and going, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I just think it was the levels. The levels are wrong, and that's burying the vocals, right? So I couldn't make out the vocals. But all of that would have been fine if that vocal performance would have been compelling to me, and it wasn't. Yeah. I wanted that guy to be screaming those words. My comment was, I want him screaming the words like he's got my neck in his hands and he's shaking my head back and forth. That would have been freaking great. And we would have all just ignored the tone of the electric guitar. We'd have ignored all the levels and all the panning and said, holy fuck, this is awesome. Instead, we're like sitting here discussing his guitar tone and discussing his panning decisions. Not that that's easy, right? That's the hardest part is to get that performance right. And it probably just didn't occur to him that there's an alternative way to actually perform this. But if he's going to do it again, this should be a screamo song, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, The vocal melody itself is a little monotonous, I thought. And it's got this simple sort of punk quality to it. So if you're going to go that route, then go that route. So, no, I agree. I did like the real guitars. You know, I always, well... Well, this is a lycanthrope song, right? I mean, when it comes right down to it, because it, it, yeah. you, you say that it's uh, his friend, but it's it's both of them collaborating on this song. 
And it's good to hear sort of guitars in a lycanthrope song, even though it's not a lycanthrope song. I didn't think that they were always on the beat, though, the guitars. I thought it was a little bit sloppy. Uh, I thought the drums got totally lost in the mix during the chorus. And I thought it was strange. You know, it was nice to hear them come back during the verse. But, you know, if you listen really hard, they're in the chorus. It's just that they're just overwhelmed by everything else so that you can't hear them at all. And then, you know, this is the first one that we're going to talk about with the lyrics. It's an odd take on the title. And again, I was hoping for more celebratory songs, but this seems to be kind of taking the position that, you know, presenting an edgy or flamboyant outer appearance is maybe being a poser, maybe superficial, and that you can be transgressive or revolutionary without superficial displays. Where I might argue that that is an especially conformist sort of a position to take itself. And I get it that, you know, punks and bikers can be seen as having their own kind of conformist uniform within their own circles. But, you know, it's it's different. And just trying to punch down at that isn't in itself a particularly valid criticism, I think. Yeah, um, I also thought... You know, there could have just been some just little things that they could have done to make the chorus stand out a little more. Like, everybody seems to tend to want to double the vocals on the chorus. They could have done that. That would have helped. Even just some minor backing vocals or a counter melody or something on the chorus, I think, would have really helped as well. But you got to give Lycanthrope credit. This is the first time he's ever recorded an electric guitar, I think. They just put an amp in front of the guitar speaker or the uh, the cab. So... You know, kudos for Lycanthrope for doing that. And he was like, I think he asked on the boards, like, how do you record electric guitar? And, you know, I've never done it either. We do all of our stuff through direct in or most of our stuff through direct in. And then we just apply amp sims and cab sims to it. So, yeah, some some of our earlier tracks have microphone in front of the amp. Yeah, but that's we don't I can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> but that's how you that's how you record it. That's how you record an electric guitar with an amp. You get the sound that you want, stick a microphone in front of the amp, turn the gain way down so it doesn't blow out your mic, and then that's that's the sound that goes in the box. There's a lot of tweaks and stuff that you can do with positioning that microphone and which kind of microphone you use, but many people just have one kind of microphone. They don't have a bunch of choices. So just stick whatever you have in front of that amp and see what you get. Yep, and that's what they did, and they got something kind of harsh and abrasive on the high end. Do better next time. Yep. But I agree with you about the lyrics. These lyrics are bullshit, man. <laughs> I, didn't really, I don't really listen to lyrics while I'm listening, but now I'm looking at them on the thread, and I say they're bullshit, and I mean that, but I can see this is a message that you hear a lot from one outsider to another, right? Like, I don't have a uniform. You guys have a uniform. You've got the biker uniform. You've got the skater uniform. You've got the, you know, whatever. Everybody has a uniform on, and everybody's trying to be a little bit more unique than everybody else. But what's the point? Why bring people down just for trying to fit in with some kind of group as a human being? And they say, you know, these lyrics say subversion comes from innovation, but, I mean, the truth is that the spark of subversion comes from innovation, but eventually, if it never becomes mainstream, then change doesn't occur, right? We would not have gay marriage today if it hadn't become or approached the mainstream, if it just right. was this kind of outlying thing forever, and it was beautiful and, and unique, and no, that's not how the world changes. Everything that you want to occur has to start 
somewhere, but then it has to spread to everybody or it won't, won't happen. Yeah. Okay, do you anyway, guys want to move on to fuck the... Fuck these lyrics, <laughs> man. <laughs> What's that shit with William McKinley getting shot? We won't go into that. <laughs> we should make it clear. We know who Leon Cholgosh is. Yeah. <laughs> is that it's how you like, pronounce that? It's like C-Z. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Um, but, but we know who that was. Yeah. And yeah. if we didn't, we have freaking Google. So Yeah. Wikipedia <laughs> says Chumpy, he was an anarchist. Don't be saying that what's up with this line does not mean that we don't know who that is. I hate that. People are like, you don't know who That's a pretty good historical reference in these lyrics. I think it's a little bit too obvious for my taste, and I've written a whole bunch of these historical kind of songs. Um, But anyway. I was uh, this little aside, I was totally planning on cutting it, but now I have to leave it in. (laughs) We've certainly been accused of writing Wikipedia songs before. Yeah. I like writing Wikipedia songs. I do that a bunch. Oh, yeah. My Wrath of God is a complete Wikipedia song. Yeah. Yeah, our, uh, let's see, Rat Brain, uh, <laughs> our Crustacean Stretch Receptor. Um, that's the Guy Fox. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, this week, I'm in Porcupine, and my Porcupine is a Wikipedia song. So, yeah. Cool. Totally, totally into that. All Can't hail wait. Wikipedia. Oh. Yeah, and we probably won't have to wait very long. It'll probably be out right away. Yep. All right. All right, so let's move on to Fussy Bridges. Small Town Mike, Leaf, THC. A full-length song. The yeah. Amateur Club. <laughs> this is their first song, right? Yeah, this is their first song as a trio. I think I saw them post on the boards asking how to record an electric guitar. <laughs> I think the answer is in stereo. Those guitars sound huge. I also have notes yeah. about uh, Leaf's drumming. Oh my god, that guy's a good drummer. There's lots of like really cool patterns and tom fills. And he does these things where he does like this sort of galloping run up to like a fill. Sounds really cool. Or up to a transition to a separate, you know, from verse to chorus. And there's all these little differences in tones and volume in his individual hits. It sounds just like really organic and natural because it is. And the drums are in sync with the guitars in a really satisfying way. Like if the guitars go like dun 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 dun, the drums go bum 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 bum. At the same time, it's it's really cool. We have a crappy robo drummer, and I really appreciate a good drummer. Yeah, these guys are these guys are fucking great, man. And they're pros, and they've been doing it for a long time. And they obviously just love it because they're submitting to Song Fight. And uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, you know, sometimes when you've got all the tools in the world at your disposal, you tend to throw them all into a song. And that's <laughs> my only critique of this: is that that verse and 
bunch of this stuff is just so freaking complex that it kind of might maybe just a hair gets in the way of the efficacy of the song. But I mean, who cares, right? I do like that chorus and that chorus, the, the vocal tone makes me think of like, I guess, Imagine Dragons, maybe. I don't know how they got it, and I haven't Googled to figure out how do you achieve that tone, but they, they kind of nailed it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's all THC seeing on the choruses, right? And he's got a lot of these longer-held notes, and I think there's like five or six copies of THC singing on the chorus, you know, with a, a number of different harmony parts and doubled parts. You know what they say about THC, you can never have enough. <laughs> <laughs> And like, you know, it's interesting, like he sings the word go on the chorus, and I think there are like five note changes on the O vowel there. So Melismas. Hella, hella melismas. Very, it's very melismatic. It's the pre chorus, the part that goes, Are you gonna fly the white flag, right? When it just sort of like goes away from the kind of talk singing of the verses and it goes into the more sing singing of the Are You Gonna Fly the White Flag. Is that what we're talking about? Or yeah, is that's that, what we're calling yeah. the chorus. Okay, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That was It was really cool. And um, yeah, I wish they'd posted the lyrics, though. I mean, it's easy enough to kind of hear what they're singing, but uh, but it's kind of better to click into that part of my brain separately, you know, so it doesn't really mess with the experience of the music. It was still good, whatever it was, whatever they're singing. And again, you can hear it, but uh, if you want to kind of experience the rawkiness, uh, then it's kind of best to not have to click into is that how whatever that's pronounced. The row keyness. Is, is that how you? That's wow. Is that the W? The R or is the W in row? Yeah. Well, because you, you, you're missing the C. Uh, I was you, always thinking rock. You're probably pronouncing it right. Rock. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. Okay, I'm sorry. I got to go back. I probably s- slipped a umlaut in there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like Urgh. Small Town might get some crap for kind of singing not very interesting melodies in his sort of talk singing delivery. But you got to give him credit for having really great energy. And also there's a lot of nuance in his vocal delivery, even though he's singing relatively short notes and, you know, he's not making a lot of note wise leaps in, in his melodies. It's all, you know, not too bumpy. Well, his vocal delivery has a bunch of charm. And it's really charismatic. It's good to hear, and it's it's fun, and it's driving, and, and all that's great. I think the problem is that we've heard it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and It's and a I little bit like, this is how the pros do it, and so this is how we're going to do it. But it's not different. So you're definitely going to hear a lot of the stuff that these guys do because they're so focused on actually making professional music that it's going to sound like a lot of what you hear out in the market. They're not jumping out of their lane to make yeah. their songs. They're just, this is what they do, and so you're going to hear stuff that sounds like what you hear in the market. And it's still awesome. I think, my yeah. opinion. Yeah, uh, d- don't get me wrong, it's still awesome. But, I, I, you know, we're, we know what we're going to get when we get a small town mic verse. Yeah, And yeah. so the neat, one of the great things about this song is that we get a different, you know, a sung chorus. And it's not like Small Town Mike doesn't do that. I mean, I thought uh, the song Bad Cat, which also, you know, made it onto my download and iPod playlists forever. You know, he sings the choruses for that, too. And that's that's great. It's just kind of nice to get a little mix up here, you know, between the, the singing and the talk singing. So Right. And you get a little bit of that. Like there's that line, um, you can fly a new flag, which is actually more sung than talk sung. 
And it's got a cool sort of reverby vocal effect on it, which kind of reminds me of Led Zeppelin, which is just a sort of a cool production technique thing they do. It makes it sound really cool. So there's a, a word you should put in your notes that we learned in school when I went to school for music ed. It's called Sprechstimme. It's the term for talk singing. Oh, oh. Sounds German. Yeah. German for speech voice. No vowels in that word. A cross between speaking and singing in which the tone quality of speech is heightened and lowered, blah, 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 blah. According to my Google. But I've never forgotten that. That's like the one thing that I remember from school. Sprechstimme. <laughs> well, mostly because the professor that taught me that word was a big fan of Laurie Anderson, and I am a Laurie Anderson super fan. So he went, basically whenever he was talking about what she did in her works, that stuck. And everything else he said just kind of went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> but yeah, Sprechstimme. Gotcha. And you're talking like this. <laughs> Which reminds me so much of Small Town Mike's delivery. Yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm joking. We need but, to hear uh, him do Oh, Superman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello? This is your mother. Are you home? All right, so should we move on to the John Benjamin Band? Yeah, I wrote this song. Yeah. Time will grind all their bones to dust, all their words to rust. I won't mind. Down the road, we are following, following your lead. Off we go. Can't wait to see. So what's up with the 35-second-long intro? How, how do you I justify just, that? I don't. I just repeated that section, and I was too lazy to take it out because I would have had to stitch the sections together. Well, I got to say the drums sound good during the intro. So, you know, having lively drums to listen to for that 35 seconds really helps. Uh, tell me about your technique on the drums. How do you get your drum sound? I use Logic's drummer, and I try to dial in the drummer that is closest to the genre that I'm doing. I basically try to use Logic Drummer the way that they want you to use it, right? I try right. to say, all right, what was the intent when they made Logic's drummer function? How do they want me to use it? And then I try to do that. You know, I try to tweak things in the drummer. I will actually go in and turn up the gain on the kick drum or turn up the tuning. You can tweak a lot of the different sounds in the drummer in addition to adding, you know, looseness or tightness or whatever you want. So I kind of go in there, I make a drummer track, pick a sound, you know, pick a drummer, and they have a bunch of different drummers. They all have names. They all actually have little pictures, right? And so this is, this, this is Kyle's side gig. 
is yeah. with John Benjamin Band then, right? I don't think Kyle was on this track though. No? Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't I don't I don't know if I picked Kyle or not. I don't remember their names. <laughs> um, they're, they're just drummers. Who they're cares? They're just drummers. Why well, remember they're just gonna spontaneously combust at some point anyway, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I do. I just, I just make sections in the drummer track, and I loop some, and I tweak some, and sometimes on some tracks, I will go and I'll add some MIDI drums on top of it. I really like the drummer. It's I, I'm not a drum programmer. I don't have a lot of very defined ideas as to what the drum parts should be, and I also know that a lot of what I'm doing is straight-up pop, and so the rhythms for straight-up pop have been you know, pretty standard, right? Yeah. Things that work, you know, there are standard solutions. And so I just take advantage of those standard solutions and because they're built into the drummer. If I want a particular segment, like if I want a break, right, I will stop the drummer and maybe I will add my own fill or I'll add my own run into that to get this. But that's the only time I really care. If it's in the middle of a verse, I don't care what the drummer's doing as long as it's not in the way. But that's how I do the drums, and then then after that, it's just leveling. Right. Well, that's a, a great description <clears throat> of the drums. Now, on to Paco Del Stinko. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm kidding. I would also uh, ask you about your clean vocal sound, because I, I feel like there's a really short reverb tail on your vocals, which adds like a really nice presence and still keeps them clean sounding. Christ, I should have had the logic thing open up. <laughs> <laughs> just so I can remind myself what, what I put on it. Um, oh, so it's, this is not like a vocal chain that's a preset that you've labored over for a long time. You kind of vary it up each time? I vary it up each time only because it's strange to say I'm too lazy to make a preset, but I am. Uh, so I tend to do the same things all the time, but I'm, I use these productions for experiments and for demos for my band, Menage Garage, available on Spotify. So it's it's often different. Like I'll read something... Like, I've been watching YouTube videos by this guy, Big Z, and I think he's pretty good. I tend to hop around to different people on YouTube. I get tired of somebody, or I get tired of their attitude, or I get tired of their face, and I'll go on to somebody <laughs> else. Uh, Big Z's the guy I'm, I've been watching most recently, and he was talking about dialing in vocal sounds, and you know he'll add like duplicate tracks and reverse them to get the reverb that he wants so that it doesn't get in the way of the main vocal. But you still, when the main vocal's not singing, you get the nice reverb after the yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm trying to approach some of those ideas without taking quite as much time and and experience and intelligence as he applies to them. I'm always trying to get that shimmery reverb sound that you hear on songs. I've never gotten it, but you know, I always have this little woofiness to my reverb that I have never been able to get away from or to figure out how to get out of my mix just to leave that shimmer i'll get it one day but anyway so i don't remember what the reverb processing was for this i do remember that my approach was i like my lyrics i like my vocals they are one of the strongest parts of my repertoire so i always try to make them audible and you know i i sing a lot better than i play guitar or bass or anything else so i'm going to make that my focus of the performance yeah, it worked out well. The vocals sound fantastic in this song, and they're all totally audible yeah. without like and sounding over-compressed. Or... Well, that's good. Thank you. You know, underneath all of that knob turning and button pushing and stuff like that, there's a song, and I thought it was really good. 
launches right in with that driving guitar line, and then it kind of backs off to give the verses some room. It's great dynamics between all of the sections. I thought that was really good. And the harmonies and the chorus are great. That old school phaser guitar is a cool touch. And um, the stripped down ending really works for me, I thought. Yeah, I'm glad you like the phaser because I put that in somewhat late in the process because I started to feel that the guitars weren't washy enough, right? I know somebody mentioned on the boards they don't like that, but that specific phaser effect was the thing that when I turned it on, I'm like, okay, there it is. That gives enough movement to that guitar so that it's not just a straight up distorted chord just playing constantly for 15 seconds in your ears it's got something that's kind of wavering around between your ears to give you something to listen to while i'm singing so i like that so i'm glad i'm glad you like that yeah i do it does sound very again old school phaser it sounds like like saying hi this is a phaser which is fine but it doesn't sound like some it doesn't sound organic i guess is the way i would put it but uh it does sound good I like it. Uh, I thought it was a good effect. I thought it was a good touch. I think that is just the Logic pedals, the built-in Logic amp sim, and the built-in Logic pedal simulators. And so I believe that's just one of the phaser pedals from the Logic pedal board. And otherwise, you know, just this is the kind of uplifting, celebratory freak flag song that I wanted to hear from this challenge, you know, and I like that a lot. I'm definitely voting for it, and I'm definitely downloading it. I'm just really happy with how it turned out. And it was great to have one that, you know, lived up to kind of my expectations of what I was hoping that really everybody was going to be doing for this fight. Cool. I'm glad I uh, spoke to you with this song. I really wanted these lyrics to be emblematic of inevitability, you know, and like that the changes that are happening don't work for everybody and they can just fuck off. And the rest of us will be standing on the mountaintop arm in arm waving our freak flags because... This is what has to happen, and it's inevitably going to happen if the planet doesn't die before we get there. Yeah. I had a question about the dynamics. So I noticed that on not on the first chorus, like on the first chorus, you add some harmony vocals and some doubling to just make the chorus vocals sound richer. But on later choruses, there's even more harmony parts stacked on, and I think they're panned out a little wide. I'm curious how you think about... Uh, dynamics in terms of layering more as the song goes on and or if you do think about that as you're working on it yeah i do think about it so with that chorus if i can recall correctly i recorded it twice and they had slightly different notes and slightly you know i think there's one different word so i recorded it once and then i was like i don't really like that i do a lot of parts right so i'll record you know five or six different times over myself on one of these choruses to get that sort of gang vocal effect with gang harmonies. I, I like that big, wide, thick, sounds like a chorus kind of sound. So I recorded it once, didn't like it, then I recorded it again, and then I was playing it back, and I said, all right, I like the redo. And then at the towards the end there, I said, well, what does it sound like if I just turn on the old version too? And uh-huh. it just went boom, like it just got a lot bigger. Because, of course, it went from like five parts to ten parts. And I said, okay, that's what I want. I want to keep that because it goes nicely from the very first chorus, which sounds nice and big and thick. But then when we get to the end, it's even bigger and wider. And I think I had to duck out one word that was different between the choruses and then just kind of align everything with flex time. But I really liked it. And then I panned everything out to try to make it sort of fit like that. 
But it was definitely purposeful and intentional to try to get that debate. I had, do have this problem when I'm making songs, especially for song fight. It is that every song almost has to be the biggest song of all time, right? So there are these giant productions because the, the continuity isn't there. Like you're not making an album. So you're like, all right, this one's just going to be mild and mellow. And this is going to be the peak of the album. And this one's going to be coming down. So, but no, it's just like one giant production after another. It's like one Katy Perry song after another, right? They're all <laughs> huge Max Martin productions and everything just has to be, which I do it and it's on purpose, but I also recognize that, man, I, I need to be sometimes a little bit more marathon about my production and my songwriting. It's like, <laughs> you know, just having a nice song is fine, but I didn't do that on this. This is an epic production and I was trying to be an epic production. And I think that's the subject matter that I chose deserves an epic production. So that's what I was going for. Awesome. You hit it. There's almost nothing in here that, that I didn't do on purpose. If you find something, I will tell you whether I did or not. <laughs> did you leave out the guitar solo? Because I noticed during the like instrumentation section right after the bridge, it's just like guitar chords, and I'm like, I did not. Shouldn't that there be something the here? <laughs> no, that's that's the solo. The solo that you're hearing there is the second solo that I wrote for it, and I like it better because the first version was an actual just guitar line solo, yeah. and the second version is this, which is much more of a jangly the chords are the solo sort of thing because those are not the chords that I just play in the verse or just play in the chord. Yeah, there's some nice tension they're, in they're, there. They're definitely specifically played and intended to, to be a solo interlude. When I, when I listened to the original one that I wrote, which was just like, <laughs> all that kind of crap, I was just like, this is a little bit too pat and it's not good enough. I'm not a good enough guitarist to really pull off a great solo. Uh, so let's find something that's a little bit more idiomatic to me and that is maybe a little bit more creative than a standard tossed off kind of solo. And I didn't have time to write a nice, beautiful solo that's a little bit slower, which I think would have fit nicely. But that takes me a long time to get exactly right. I would have uh, just called Mo, like Mo, <laughs> do a solo for me. I need you. <laughs> yeah, well, and Mo would have taken five minutes and tossed off a fantastic <laughs> solo, but it would have had a lot of those elements that you've heard before, because he would have put predetermined parts of his solo technique into that, and you would have wound up with something that sounds amazing, but it's not going to make anybody cry. And I was kind of like, you know, like let's let's put some emotions into it. Cool, cool. I hope that does not come out in any way critical of Mo, because Mo is amazing, he's a great friend, and I love him. We're so glad to have him back in the United States. All right, you guys want to move on to Paco Del Stinko? I saw you two on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I had forgotten, like I think with a, as a lot of people did, that there was an optional challenge. I didn't even remember. <laughs> was there? An optional challenge. Yeah, what the optional it? challenge was reference you two. Oh, that's right. Did you, oh. did you catch that the drum intro was Sunday Bloody Sunday? 
Yes, I did. Actually, you know, my first notes on this was that it had to be a reference to the Nur Ein U2 round. And it was. With the intro and the Sunday Bloody Sunday drums. But, that you know, having said that, yeah, okay, good, good on him. But that intro is tacked on and not incorporated well at all. And it immediately drops it and goes to something else. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But, hey, I guess he did more than maybe any other competitor if there are other youtube references i didn't get any of them yeah i didn't make any i didn't i did not remember that there was an optional challenge Uh, yeah optional challenges are for suckers (laughs) don't Uh, say that if you do if you do them right i like that i like the optional challenges it's an additional thing but it's optional you don't have to do it yeah yeah you get some credit you guys are pros though you should you know you should be stretching yourself and I say that, you know, including everybody. So I guess now this kind of makes me reassess Paco's song. There are some problems that I had with it, but since he's the only one probably who did the U2 reference, then maybe... Everyone else is disqualified. No, nah, man, you don't get credit. I mean, if you take on the optional challenge and you suck at it, then you suck at it. Yeah. You don't get credit for having one leg. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. How about the worst snaps? way to put that? Yeah, <laughs> you should get credit for that. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. This, I thought the song was really fun, though, and uh, I love that solo. Uh, I don't know what's going on in that solo, though, and I was trying to figure it out. And I have like farting Vesuvula like... question mark. <laughs> I mind. thought it was a fake kazoo. I thought it was like, or an electric fun. kazoo, maybe. I don't know, like a kazoo yeah. that you did the Peter Frampton box box thing with. Yeah, that's one of the things I was thinking, too, because it sounds like his voice is going parallel with it. So maybe like some weird vocoder, pitch-shifted kazoo-type thing, or I don't know. Whatever it is, it sounds really inventive, and I'm not sure that I've heard anything quite like it before. Um, yeah, and it bleeds right into a synth solo, or like a synth run, where he's like rocking the mod wheel while he's playing it. It's really this, cool. This song has the kitchen sink, man. I love Paco's just inexhaustible creativity and just keeps song coming and i really think that he should like learn tuba and join the marching abominable (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i saw that you posted a video i have i I didn't click on it yet though but i'll do that it's this organization in atlanta they're basically a marching band for weird middle-aged people (laughs) <laughs> and you know they actually play and they actually march and they go to events and they hire out to do events but their kind of aesthetic is wave your freak flag and it was very very appropriate and i think that uh Paco fits in with them yeah i'm not 100 percent in on his take on the title though uh, again this is another one of those you know, okay, it's fine and it's valid and jerkatorium essentially did something similar with high school safety pin parade and I think Paco does it better uh, and more effectively humorously here, but I don't think it's the option I wanted to hear. You know, again, I wanted celebratory, and instead he's, but this is sort of an anti-hippie song or hippies or posers song or something like that, which uh, is not the way that I, I would have preferred him to go. Still an amazing song, but the the content of the lyrics didn't do it for me. I really love all of his backing vocals. Like there's oh, yeah. this ascending, like ah, just sounds super cool. And when he says it's gonna get weird, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that whole instrumental interlude, just fantastic. 
you know, really the cool. And there's some killer guitar licks at the end, and I really like the ending too. So yeah, I was pretty happy with the song. I also noticed, yeah, it's kind of got an anti-hippie, anti-freaks theme, but I don't know. I think it's more of an anti-poser theme than anything, you know, because he's he at the end he say, "I'd never lie through my implanted teeth." Kind of makes me think maybe he's talking about you know kids who go for the punk aesthetic and they've actually got a trust fund at home and their safety net is very uh, thick. Yeah, yeah. I, guess I that think could it's be too. I think it's more that than actual. You know, I don't like freaks, but who knows? We each get to interpret them our own way. What do you say we we move on to Pig Farmer Junior? I woke up early and the sun was gone and the mountains fell into the sea. I looked around and I see the world, but the world looks right through me. I'm gonna raise my freak flag. I'm And my first note is almost always the same with Pig Farmer. There's just some awkward phrasing and timing in the vocal lines, and that's the just the first thing I noticed. Like on the first verse, there's this line, and the mountains fell into the sea. And the word into is really like awkwardly stretched. And I just keep thinking like, I know that you wrote the lyrics the way you like them, but you know, they just don't fit reality when it comes time to blending with your harmonic structure that you've got underneath. And sometimes you just need to add a syllable or mess with them slightly so you don't have to stretch out the word into, which is always an awkward stretch. So, he, didn't, he didn't really write a lot of these lyrics. Oh, I know, because that's a Jimi Hendrix thing, right? Yeah, he, he more like just put them in a blender and then, you know, and not even blended them up very much, but and then, you know, popped them out in sort of a different Yeah, uh, order. he didn't hit frappe. It was more like a grind thing. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that before I started like critiquing that line because it's so pat. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I don't like Shakespeare. It's too cliche. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> though this is a Jimi Hendrix song. It's Pig Farmer Jr.'s reimagining of Jimi Hendrix's If Six Was Nine. And, you know, when you're doing something like that, it's hard because, of course, you know, it's unavoidably, you can't not think about Jimi Hendrix when you're listening to this. And the Jimi Hendrix song is like a zillion times better than this. So if you're going to reference it and essentially just kind of lightly mix around the original lyrics, you should really bring something else to it, like a different take or a different perspective. Or, or blend or it with more you certainly, You certainly shouldn't work in his genre. You should not be yeah. in Jimi Hendrix's genre while you're trying to riff on a Hendrix tune because you cannot measure up. Absolutely. So this should be an electronic song. This should be a Sprechstimme song. This should be, this should be a guy (laughs) in a guitar. This should be anything other than a fucking rock song. If that's what you're doing, I didn't know that's what he was doing. I didn't really recognize that that was a reference. But now that you pointed out, I'm like, why the fuck would you make a rock song riffing on Jimi Hendrix? Because you're just going to be compared to one of the greatest guitarists and musicians of all time. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it is. Just like, like, do you want to get punished? Yeah, this is a hodgepodge, and the only thing that's uh, you know remarkable about it is it is so so much worse than the original material it's taking from. 
So, you know, it's I, I mean, yeah. but I but I listened to it and I didn't know that that was the reference. So when I listened to it and I wrote up my review on the boards, I didn't have that in my in my mind. So this is just fresh, a fresh take now that I know that's the riff. <laughs> I didn't like, I, I mean, I like his heavy guitar, but then, you know, when everything else comes in, the compression just kind of kills the heaviness of it. So, uh, he has a snare in stereo, which is fucking stupid. Don't put the snare in stereo. Snare goes straight up the middle. It's just the way it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. He has his hi-hat break, and then later on he says, oh, that was just kind of like a placeholder. Well, don't, if I like it, man, don't tell me that it was just a placeholder. <laughs> But you know the, that hi hat yeah. break. I just kept thinking, generals gathered in their masses, and the you know yeah, the guitar goes that's da, da. <laughs> Right? I, I said that after. It's like I like the hat break, but man, after that, it should hit something really, really hard, and it doesn't. It yeah. Kind of goes, oh, this hat break is really great. Something really nice is going to happen after that. But what? Bad trombone. But yeah, keep the hat break. Use that again because it was great. <laughs> just make a song of all hat break. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that you liked about the song was unintentional. I, I, I kind of like his phased out guitar solo, which I thought was sounded okay. I mean, it was no Jimi Hendrix guitar solo, but it was probably better than I could do. So I appreciated that. Uh, yeah, that's how you should judge songs. It's probably better than I could do. <laughs> so good for you, Pig Farmer. Here's my money. It was better than I could do. <laughs> The heart surgery was better than I could do. <laughs> better, better than I could do. Yeah, so who am I to complain? I mean, yeah, my my uncle's dead, but oh. <laughs> could I do better? No. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, Let's move on to Sock Puppet. Everything you like, anything that gets you high. Something there for everyone, something you can try. Getting murray with a furry in the simulated leather. Bondage in a dungeon where you can do it one better. Get your freak flag on. Get your freak flag on. Everything is good in our carved out sexy spaces. From the horniest of normies to the kinkiest of aces. Post it on social if you're into humiliation. But remember to use content warnings. It's just polite. Get your freak flag on. And get your freak flag on. I like, no, I like this track. I thought that Fluffy used a cello on this because I know Fluffy plays the cello. I thought they were using that as kind of a fake bass, but uh, it turns out it's an acoustic bass loop. But I thought it, that that particular aspect was good, but it needs some EQ to make it a little bit more defined because it was kind of muddy a little bit. But overall, I thought the track was pretty cool because I liked that it felt soul coughing-ish to me. And you may have noticed throughout all of this, I don't pay a lot of attention to the lyrics, even though I am incredibly offended when people don't pay a lot of attention to mine. But but I like this this kind of parade of scenarios that they have going on. Uh, I thought they were nicely evocative. One of the greatest things that I've ever seen on Song Fight is when King Arthur gave some lyrical advice. And King Arthur said, you know, you need to find a really compelling thing to say and you need to put it last <laughs> don't leave people with your least interesting line to think about while you do a guitar solo leave them with the most awesome line and then do the guitar solo so that they are just compoundedly great and i think that you know the words that are said in sock puppet's entry are nicely evocative i liked just 
it was just interesting to listen to because it was never the same thing twice. It was just kind of good. I did think that the vocal rhythms could have been more exact. Turns out they did a lot of takes of them, but I, you know, I guess I'm just saying a few more takes wouldn't have hurt because I don't know if it throws me off, then it's probably something that should have been redone. But you know, if that's the way they wanted it to be, that's the way they wanted it to be. I like this. Yeah. I think they maybe could have had the lyrics a little bit more on top of the mix, but I have no quibbles with this kind of song, this kind of production. It has its own thing, and it is unique, and it is different. Even though it made me think of soul coughing, it is not soul coughing. No. It is fluffy. It is sock puppet, and it's very much a style of its own. And you got to love that. How often do you hear things that are unique? Yeah. Every week on Song Fight. <laughs> I did agree that there were some parts where some of the lines that she rapped or a sort of talk song did not land neatly on beats. And there was at times when the flow was a little bit choppy. And I think I agree that there could have been some some editing there and or maybe some redos to try to make that just flow a little bit smoother. And I did think that some of her initial singing or uh, just the lines that she came up with initially, they sounded like pretty tentative, like... She was not really going at it with a full voice, more like she was trying to not annoy the neighbors, which I think we've all been there at some point. You know, we don't realize that if you're not giving it your all and you're not really delivering, you can hear it and it doesn't necessarily sound convincing. So, well, does, does Fluffy ever really belt it out, though? Well, not really yeah. belt it out per se, but there was just something that felt kind of restrained about it. But, you know, maybe that's part of the charm. Uh, I, I did like this song as well, and I really liked the glossary that she posted. I mean, <laughs> it was like all of the, the sort of freak terms that she posted into the uh, the reviews thread about this, which I thought was pretty cool. Like, I knew most of them, but like I didn't know Ace was also asexual. So there was, there was a bunch of stuff in there. If you haven't seen it, I'd advise going and checking it out because it's a cool, cool glossary. I, I, I like the freaky lyrics. And I, I kind of I like the joke at the end about your mother, which I thought was kind of yeah. funny. And I thought the song walked that line of being somewhat serious and also somewhat funny. And it's nice to end with a joke. So, you know, oh, yeah, it is kind of somewhat funny. Yeah, I thought the song was really fun. The rap talk singing thing. I think it works well with the lyrical content. And I like this take on the lyrics and the attitude. The parts of the performance that were imperfect sort of don't matter for what this song intends to deliver. Like, the singing wasn't perfect, and the backing music was a little too hippie for my taste, but none of that matters. You know, this song really successfully accomplishes what it aims for, and I like that. And I like the take on the title. You know, this whole very kind of sex-positive sort of a thing, which really goes well with, uh, with the title, I thought. So, yeah. And of course, you know, Fluffy might have done this whole song just to do that safe word to your mother line that might have <laughs> defined the style that she was going to. Oh, it's like, oh, I got to fit this in there. So I'm not going to do a, a more specific uh, melody. I'm just going to, you know, talk. I agree. I, I agree that the imperfections don't matter, but only to a certain extent, because if you don't know what it would have become had those imperfections not been there. Like, we don't see those imperfections as, oh, it's imperfect, but that just makes it better. We see it as, oh, that's imperfect, but it doesn't harm it, which means to me, like, if it, that it is, because it would have been better if they weren't there. Like, it, it reminds me of, of this person I worked with 
who did a presentation in front of our company's CEO at the time. And he said, man, I just completely ruined all of my chances. Like he just kind of screwed up the presentation and everybody there was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And it was fine. He didn't like get, he wasn't going to get fired and nothing bad was going to happen to him. But he realized that by not having a good performance, he missed an opportunity to have another chance or to like, you know, there, there are things that don't really harm you, but they didn't advance you. And I think that that happens in songwriting a lot. It's like we forgive things that, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's fine. But it could have been better, you know. And if you're going to say that imperfections don't matter, then it needs to be, in my mind, that the imperfections are happy accidents. There's a difference. And I think that in some of the songs with this week, and I think uh, Fluffy's Freak Flag included, we have imperfections that are not happy accidents. They are simply things that were not corrected or could have been improved had there been time or inclination. Yeah. yeah. And I think if it's a more compelling song because it has sort of a tighter rhythmic flow, there's, I think, more of an opportunity for the message to reach more people. I think we are already down with the message. But for someone who's on the fence or someone who doesn't quite get what it's about, they could have been lured in by something that had a better flow and was like more, you know, they, they could move and groove with the song. And then later the message could sort of more get to them because they had already liked the song. So it is a, a, a lost opportunity there, I think. But it can also affect us. Yes, we're down with the message. But if it's imperfect, I'm not going to walk away singing along to it and being like, yeah, that's my jam. And it just nails it. Whereas if it had nailed it, then I might, you know, I would kind of go from somebody who's just passively agreeing with the song and saying, yeah, it was fine to somebody who's like out there pushing it. Yeah. You saying, could be open you to listen to this. Yeah. You never know if you had made this song good enough. Maybe I would be. Yeah. If it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. If there if there weren't any of these imperfections then we'd be spending all this time talking about strap ons. <laughs> so. oh, yeah, there's a lot to say. A lot yeah. to say. Speaking of strap-ons, third cat. Born an alien, never felt quite at home. Wanted to get lost in a crowd, just to be left alone. In my little town, always keeping me small. Redneck rooms and I'm no one in here. Unless maybe I change it all I don't care, I don't care, I don't care what they say anymore I don't know. I, I thought this song seems more conventionally approachable than a lot of their stuff, you know, like in a more sort of a catchy head bopping sort of a way. And I think that's a good thing. You know, I, I don't want to discourage their arty bent, but I think this is sort of a great incorporation of their signature sound into a pop tune. I really like that wanted to get lost in a crowd just to be left alone lyric. And uh, that chugging guitar in the second verse is a great addition, and I think it adds a lot to the sound and to the drive of it. So, yeah. I wasn't much a fan of the verse in this. I thought the verses were just okay. 
And the, the chorus and the pre-chorus was really my favorite part of the song, and I liked it every time. Like, the pre-chorus has this sort of delicate guitar part, and then the chorus just explodes out of the pre-chorus, has a really good lift, it's got a nice melody, and then there's this sort of skanky guitar that plays on the offbeats in the chorus that I really like. All throughout, this song has a lot of, you know, really nice little details, and there's a lot to listen to. I feel like there's a part where, like, there's a reverse cymbal crash going into a forward cymbal crash, like, right at the peak, which I think sounds really cool. I know that there's something tricky there, and I, know, I think there's some other reverse parts in there that I didn't quite catch, but I thought sounded interesting. So, yeah, I like the chorus a lot, and I just wish that instead of that sort of ominous sounding intro we had like more chorus just lead with the chorus get the verses out of the way more chorus end with the chorus 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 <laughs> you know that explosion of the chorus is very much a part of their sound uh, i think that kind of that thing where it just you know hits you right when it goes into the chorus is something that they do very typically with a lot of their stuff and here it works great yeah yeah, I like this song. I think that chorus is great. It should be longer because it's great. And it's not just I want more of greatness. I think it would have been correct if it was longer. I don't think that it's correct. I think it's too short. I think that you don't like the verses because the performance on the verses felt really like an early take to me. Like they weren't dialed in. They weren't really performing the verses like they were performing the choruses. Maybe they weren't as committed to those verses because that's what it felt like to me right and i know that they pulled off a great chorus so they've got great verses in them but i don't think that they applied as much attention to the verses as they did to the choruses and the song suffers for that i like the delay effect that they had on that vocal but otherwise it's just like you know the song's good i think the construction could have been improved all right, so rounding up the pack, we've got Union Villains, and I think this is their first entry, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I kind of looked into the uh, Songfight archive and, you know, I, I had some suspicions about this song. So I kind of like looked through Bandcamp and even Facebook to, you know, kind of like get where they're coming from. Because you probably have the same comment, Chumpy. My suspicion is that, you know, I, I don't think this song is called Freak Flag. So I was wondering if maybe they were attributing this you know, to another song that they'd already sort of. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, get the get the pitchforks out. Well, but having, having said that, then I, I don't know why they would have bothered because it's so demo. You know, it's so rough, rough, rough. Yeah, pe- people are dumb though. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but no, this this song is not entitled "Freak Flag," right? This song is entitled "Synergy." Because that's the only thing that pops up. I heard the word freak in there once. Yeah. Be my freak and I'll be yours. 
yeah, yeah. So I think this song is entitled Synergy when it comes right down to it. I, I don't know how to check the ID3 Disqualified. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought it had a great, great melody, though. And it's so great that I feel like I've heard it before. And it's maybe sounds a little like that old, old song Hitchin' a Ride by Vanity Fair. You know, I don't even remember hearing on the radio, but I remember hearing in like commercials for KTEL compilations. And uh, I don't know if either of you are familiar with it. No. But uh, but yeah, it's it's very reminiscent of that. Not entirely like too too reminiscent of that though. I think it's it's still a great melody, and they use it really well here. The hallmark of a really great melody is that it sounds kind of like instantly recognizable, and it instantly connects you, even if you've uh, never actually heard that exact melody before. So that that I think is a overall a success with this song. Their ID three says wish- freak flag so. Freak flag, yeah. parentheses, demo. So, Okay. Well, but still, even then, you know, well, no, I, okay, I'm not going to make any accusations here. <laughs> That's uh, my department, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Well, even I, if you assume, if you give them credit and say that they wrote the song for the title for this week, it's a fresh song, they just wrote it and sent it in, then they fucked up because it's not actually freak flag, it should be synergy, and that is a problem, and you get to choose whether or not that means you're not going to vote for it or not. Yeah, yeah. And I do wish it was recorded better. I mean, it's so, so rough. I say that because I think it deserves better, even if it's not freak flag, even if this was synergy and they decided, oh, let's just submit it as this other song. This is like just, it's recorded into the, like the vocal memo function of a StarTac phone or something like that. That's what it sounds like. Right. And I, I feel yeah. like the mic should have been pointed at a different sound hole. <laughs> like <laughs> pointed at the mouth, not the guitar hole. Yeah, that was the problem. But I think uh, the song is just kind of meh with a guitar and a vocal. It's just, okay, it's whatever. It, I'm never going to listen to it again. It's not so great. But I think if they had had an entire room of all their friends sitting around and singing it, like I mentioned in my post on the boards, it would have killed. It would have been great. You would have had this very sort of campfire vibe and everybody singing along and a whole kumbaya moment because you just chose to have a giant chorus of people singing the whole song as if it was like, you know, some some lost treasure from the 70s. Right. They didn't, so they fucked it up. So yeah. <laughs> that or literally any more production whatsoever. Yeah. So. I feel like there's some solid songwriting and definitely some good playing and singing from what I can hear here. And I think that there's some sort of romantic lyrics happening. Like there's that line, uh, no one gets you like me, you know, be my freak and I'll be yours. I feel like this is a kind of a good love song underneath everything, but you just can't hear it. So maybe next time. I, I feel like there's potential here. Oh, yeah. No, I I think, again, the melody is great. The song definitely has uh, some stuff in it. The lyrics, I wish they'd posted the lyrics, but the lyrics sounded, from what I could make out, very interesting. So, yeah, just, you know, everybody else in this fight put some real effort into the production of the song. And so if if they just up their game a little bit. Again, I went on Bandcamp. They have the ability to do this kind of production, but... Uh, it's just not in the song, and it's hard to listen to in its current state. Right. So. At least it wasn't a ukulele. Yeah, I don't mind a ukulele. It's <laughs> just terrible. That's just a bad decision whenever somebody does that. <laughs> yeah. I can't knock anybody for bad production because, man, if you go back and listen to my first few songs, they're just they just sound like crap. So, like, if somebody's just starting out, if they should know better but they don't do better, then all right, we've got a problem with that. It's like you know better, you can do better. Why didn't you? 
you don't get any credit. But I mean, you know, as a person, I wouldn't ding them for having bad production. I will say I'm never going to listen to that song again because the production was terrible and you don't get credit for having one leg. But, you know, you're not a bad person. You just made a bad song. Yeah. Okay. I think we're done. All right. So have people voted yet? Um, yes, I have. I voted for the John Benjamin Band. I voted for Fussy Britches. And I voted for Paco Del Stinko. Those are my triumvirate of votes. I am planning on voting for the John Benjamin Band and Balance Lost and maybe Fussy Britches. And is that it? I don't know. Maybe Sock Puppet. Actually, no, wait. How many songs are there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So I can vote for four. I've made this sort of thing where I'm not going to vote for more than half on any fight anymore. So, yeah, John Benjamin Band, Balance Lost, Fussy Britches, and Sock Puppet. And though maybe Paco Del Stinko, I don't know. I don't have any time to, right? Because like this past one was due Friday, so the turnover is going to be probably tomorrow. You can vote up to the very last minute. Every yeah. moment from now on is a gift. Just consider that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, JB? Who did you vote for? I voted for Sock Puppet, Fussy Brishes, and myself because I'm shameless. That's nothing shameless about that. If you thought you no, there totally is. <laughs> okay. It all depends on if you want to win or not. Like. Many times I'll enter and I'll just say, like, I don't really care if I win, so I'm not going to vote for myself, whatever. Or I'll enter and I'll say, I'm not going to vote for myself because I want to see what people really thought without putting my thumb on the scale by voting for myself. And subtracting but, one is too much hassle. Right, exactly. I can't <laughs> cannot be bothered. Yeah. Who wants to have that you know, dishonesty just persist in the, in the archive forever? But this <laughs> week, I'm, I'm down with it. <laughs> Do you guys talk about the cover art? Yes, we often yeah. do. Yeah, I, uh, that was just a little phoned in. Was this Pig Farmer? Yeah. Was it the only one that was submitted, though? I Prob- think. Let me take, Let's a take a look. Oh, no, there was a Song Fight cover bot, which was not a great option either. You know what the Song Fight cover bot is, right, John? No, I don't know what the Song Fight cover bot is. Oh, my God. I don't even look at the art very much. I mean, like the various submissions. I don't. I, I would have to actually look up where, <laughs> where to find them. Chumpy, <laughs> you speak better on this, so why don't you take it? There used to be a problem where the posting of the songs was held up by not having art. That only happened a few times that I ever saw, but it was frustrating when it happened. Because, you know, a lot of times I'm just like, post the songs, post the songs. Come on, I want to hear the songs. And uh, when it's something like there's just no art, it's just like it was very frustrating. So I explained this to my buddy Brian, who's a sometimes guest on the show. And he's like, well, you know, I could probably just write a program to, like, take the title query Google image search, set it so it only sends me Creative Commons licensed art, and then just you know, write a Python script to slap the title on somewhere and then submit it. So like you don't have to do anything. And so we always have like some sort of crappy art to fall back on. Have any good ones come in? Like Yeah, the one for praying mantis I thought was pretty good. Yeah, that was really good. And but the thing is that you can actually do this. You can go to www.muppetlabs.com slash tilde. Is that it? Tilda, yeah. Uh, yeah. Breadbox uh slash SFCB slash and that You're will bring going you. way too fast. Say it again. <laughs> uh I think there's also like a links posted on the board, but it's Muppetlabs.com. I got that. Tilda. Yeah, forward slash tilde. Bread box, uh-huh. forward, forward slash 
SFCB forward slash. And oddly enough, this round, it didn't generate anything. There's always a default just in case, you know, everything else is terrible so that at least somebody can go and put that in. And it's what you see there now. But usually there's probably about seven different options. And if you look back, let's see, what are some other ones that ended up being pretty good? Hope Against Hope, I don't think that was very good. Yeah, and the funny thing was is that Pig Farmer was going through his phase where he was trying to hit as many fights as he possibly could. And I think he's still doing this, where he's trying to generate art for as many fights as he could. And there were a number of times where Lunkhead picked the cover bot over Pig Farmer's original work, which we thought was kind of funny. But lately, uh, Pig Farmer's been winning, so... It's his call. That yeah. Praying Mantis one is... That's pretty great. That's a yeah. very evocative picture. And it's all just generated from this program, so no no actual human work went into it. Yeah, the cover bot does a great job when there's a concrete object that it can, you know, Google. Major Arcana is pretty good. Yeah. I dig this. This is cool. Return of the Century is pretty good. Uh, some of them seem so- somewhat random. There was at least one that... It was. It seemed like just some random title. Like it might have been. Uh, let me pick something out here. It might have been something like the strong button, or maybe blue woman yes, or guessing game, or something like that. And all of the images were Mussolini hanging out with Hitler. And <laughs> we're like, how the hell did that happen? I don't know. There's something about Google <laughs> Images that has sort of a fascist bent to it. But this has happened more than one occasion where there's you know why are there were fascist images to choose from yeah but then of course like i think this is the first one that's only had that one and i don't know why porcupine is giving it any trouble you'd think there'd be plenty of public you know public yeah it said there was some sort of error message reading the title so i'll have to ask brian about that i'll be like hey debug this brian the cover bot failed can't have that bug but yeah, ever since Lunkhead realized, I think, that it's a Python script versus Pig Farmer, he's been voting for Pig Farmer every time. That's what I blame yeah. it on. But Pig Farmer's stuff, with few exceptions, like this time around, I think he actually did some work on it. A lot of the times he's doing not much more than what the cover bot does anyway. But this time it looks like he superimposed this flag over there and he put the, the freak in it. So, I mean, he, he put thought and a little bit of work into it. Whereas some of the other ones, you know, it seems like he's doing basically what the cover pot is. Yeah. I kind of wish that there was voting and that there was an actual cover fight. But what are you going to do? I think we tried to do that at some point. And or no, it was that on the boards, people would be reviewing the cover art. And the people who were doing the cover art at the time did not like it. You know, they were like, I put my heart and soul into this. I don't want you to critique it. And so... People stopped reviewing them. Oh. There's something different about visual art and criticism. Like, there's something different about that than there is about critiquing songs. And it's maybe ineffable, but it just feels like if you're talking about a picture that somebody drew, it cuts closer because it's almost more like it's coming out of your brain. Whereas, some, it's not an illustration, right? It's a piece of art. It's your subconscious being manifest onto this image. Whereas if you're making a song, you've got a lot more control over what you're saying and you're purposefully doing a thing to say something in particular. The visual art is original and it's your own vision. And, you know, Jerkatorium, we just phone in derivative nonsense for our songs. People eat that shit up. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, you flex time the hell out of it. And then <laughs> Every time. 
Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you guys have a copy of Melodyne? Yes. But we actually like the sort of weird artifacts that you get from tuning inside of Logic. It's a conscious choice. I go back <sighs> and forth. If I'm lining up the transients or the starts of, of things, flex time is really nice. Yeah. Once we learn to turn off slicing. If I want to dial in tuning, though, it, Melodyne is really better at it. Yeah, I think so, too. But before we had that feature where you could do it inside of Logic, it was kind of a pain in the ass. Oh, you mean Melodyne? Yeah, I didn't. I never used it really before. It was fairly advanced, and now it's got the ARA, A-R-A version, which it just makes it actually work like it should have worked all the time. Right. You know, started out where you had to have it standalone and fix stuff, and then they moved it into the app, but you still had to, like, record things into it, and I'm sure you've experienced this, but it, Melodyne is really aggravating if you fix it in Melodyne and you don't bounce it and then you accidentally like start moving stuff around, it's still playing in the old position and you can't remember why. And yep. it's because you have Melodyne turned on and it's like, God damn it. So I will never use Melodyne unless it's the era version because the era version will just move those changes with you if you move the region. And it works like it fucking should have in the whole first place. <laughs> Well, Ryan doesn't have it either, so I have to like always bounce it when I use Melodyne, just because mm. otherwise it'll be like unknown plug-in. Oh, is that what's happening? Because yeah, I, I only ever use Flex Pitch because I can't be bothered to learn any any <laughs> anything ever. So Melodyne is Flex Pitch, but without all of the artifacts, and I think well, it catches more. Like you know, sometimes you see in Flex Pitch, you know that there's something being sung there, but it doesn't have a little note marker. Like yeah. Mel- Melodyne catches all the notes or partial notes but or I whatever. But I did recently notice that if the gain is not high enough on the waveform, Melodyne will not play it correctly. And I have to basically increase the gain and then bounce it to, to make that waveform have a strong enough gain that Melodyne will not have all sorts of weird harmonic effects. Oh, like if it's really soft, it, it'll, it'll try to hit it, but then I'll be like, what is that odd sort of... <laughs> and it's because the gain wasn't high enough, so it can't accurately detect. And it can't be the, like the region gain in Logic, because Melodyne doesn't actually see that. It just sees the original waveform, uh, which is why it has to be first. But anyway, I discovered that in doing Porcupine. Anyway, learned a lot about how to actually use Melodyne correctly. Do you ever use it for creative stuff, or do you just use it to make your vocals sound like in tune? Uh, I just use it to tweak Thing. I, I use it out of, out of laziness. When I should do another take and just get the pitch right, I will just tweak it in Melodyne instead. Or if I want to get the harmonies really that nice, every, if everything's actually perfectly in pitch, then the harmonies sound just exactly right, and I like that. Right. Yeah. But So no, I haven't really played with flippity flip, you know, the share effect or anything like that. I probably will when it comes to a production where I think that that is something I want to add. I will definitely do that. I do things more like my what we need more of is science is just basically pitch correction turned up way up. I think it's probably a cracked version of auto-tune just cranked because I think at that time there were no real pitch correction plugins that were built into the DAWs. I might have been using like Cool Edit Pro at that point. I can't remember. 2003. A long time ago. Yeah. Who can remember what software I was stealing I remember you lost to MC Hawking. What the hell? Well, that's what happens when somebody has fans and somebody else doesn't have fans. Yeah, although it was still an impressive showing. I think you got like 60-something votes. So. Yeah, that was the most. that's probably still the most I've ever gotten. 
But yeah, fans don't give a shit. Yeah, they'll just click vote like mindless machines. Yeah, they're in it for the personality, and that's that's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with having fans. Yeah, this this comes up like I think almost perennially the whole like friend flooding thing raises yeah, the care. specter of that raises its head every so often. And I think I we have squash to say that every single time. Yeah, I'll squash it every single time. There's nothing wrong with having fans. Fuck off if it pissed you off because you lost. Because exactly. somebody else could be bothered to get more people to like their stuff than you could. Right. And if you can bring them to the Songfight website, more power to you. Yeah. What's I mean, all those fans may have, you know, some portion, 10% might have listened to your song as well. Yep. They might have done the right thing. It's all practice, though, right? You know, if you really want to know if you're a good songwriter or not, you'll enter, even if you have fans, you'll enter anonymously as something else and you won't tell anybody about it and you'll just see if you win or not. And that's it's a more honest showing. But everybody plays the game in their own way. And that is kind of the joy of it. But it's also the frustration of it because there's no one way to play the game, which means that all bets are off and whatever happens, happens and move on. There'll be another fight next week. Right. I think one of the great things about Songfight too is the feedback and how it gives you some direction. I've mentioned this before. When Jerkatorium started out, we were really rough and we've learned a lot over the process of at least for a while there, we were really compulsive about entering every fight, you know, unless there was some terrible sort of emergency that, that made it so that we couldn't and getting just this constant feedback all the time, what went well, what people liked, what people didn't like, that really, you know, made it so that we improved a lot. Don't go back and listen to the old Jerkatorium songs <laughs> because they are not good. They are rough, and we've just improved a lot. And so... Tough uh, shit, though. They're, they're in the archive. I <laughs> know. Uh, all for your it's not, pleasure. I'm just saying it's not worth your time. But the the thing is, it's like, while looking into this, I'd always had the suspicion that maybe you were in Tuner's Union because there's some sort of a quality to the voice that seems similar to me. And I hope that that is a compliment to both you and to Tuner's Union because it's it's very good. But I, I'm, I'm sure you're not. I like right? their stuff. No, I have nothing to do with Tuner's Union, but, but yeah. they're good. And I appreciate yeah, they're that. Good. But that, uh, while looking into that, too, it's like I, I went in and I kind of checked out their old stuff because I figured, OK, well, this will be a really good indicator of whether, whether or not John Benjamin was part of it. And their old stuff is rough, too. And, you know, some of these bands you go in and there's been a real improvement. There's been a real evolution. And then other bands you go in and they sound exactly now like they did 15 years ago. And if that's a little rough still or if that's a little amateur, then yeah. I'm kind of wondering, they, they probably think they did it right the first time. And just <laughs> right. They're just waiting, waiting for us for to all to come around. Yeah, to to their kind of rough stuff. So, I don't know. But yeah, if people want to use Songfight as a good community to get some good feedback and to learn how to make better music, then this is a great resource that way. And it is Songfight, not Song Love. So, people <laughs> come on and they're like, why are you being mean to everybody? Well... You know, good feedback is not necessarily nice. It's actually hard to give good feedback and couch it in a way that will go down easy. And that's been how it is at Songfight forever. You know, people give honest feedback and sometimes that feedback is snarky and it's hard to take and it hurts. I mean, that's not to say that you should just take it. And it's also not to say that you should start a fight over it. It's just the way it is. We give good feedback, but it's not always pleasant to hear. Sometimes you don't get any feedback. 
But what I don't want anybody to do is say, everybody in this fight is a winner. Just because <laughs> they tried, you're writing songs, and that's wonderful. You are expressing yourself, and you are, you know, I, I just love the effort that you're putting into. Fuck that shit, man. <laughs> you know, write a good song, and if you don't write a good song, own up to it. You don't have to not submit it. You sh probably shouldn't submit it if you think it's shit. But, I mean, you can. There's no rules. We'll still store it. I'm paying. Oh. I'm paying for it. I'll store it. You know, we got like 43 gigs of songs right now. You know, go That's ahead, amazing. send in, send in whatever shit you want. Um, but if somebody gives you crap for submitting something terrible on the boards, you know, you should admit it. You're like, yeah, it's crap. You're right. I didn't know how to do this and this and this. Thanks for letting me know that. Yes, I did submit crap. But again, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you have made a bad song. Maybe not even a bad song. Maybe just a bad production. You never know. Yeah, you just you just gotta take it all correctly. If you get too tied up in what people are saying about your work, then you probably should go find songlove.org instead. <laughs> Song hug. <laughs> I mean, people should not be casting personal aspersions, but you know that we will clamp down on. There's a couple of words on the boards that are censored because of that kind of crap. But this has been fun, you guys. Yeah. Yeah, we're thrilled to have gotten you to, to come and talk. Do you want to plug anything? We talked about johnorama.com. Again, that's J-O-H-N-O-R-A-M-A.com. And then Minaj a Garage, which is on Spotify, I hear. <laughs> yeah, we're on Spotify, but that I won't I don't need to plug that. Here, I'll plug this that's more apropos to us. Y'all should go to bradsucks.net and you should get his reissue of I Don't Know What I'm Doing on vinyl. Sign up for that shit. It's great. He's awesome. Old school song fighter. All around good dude. And the vinyl is going to look beautiful. And the songs from that album are great. So, Oh, yeah. It's blue vinyl. Blue vinyl. And uh, it's good stuff. That's what I'll plug. He's remastering everything for this release, and uh, there's a, I think it's Indiegogo, or, a, yeah, Indiegogo, I think, is the mechanism he's using. All right, well, then, uh, shout-outs. Why don't you go, Ryan? I'm going to shout-out to my husband, Andre. Thank you for all of your love and support and your patience. And uh, let's see, I want to shout-out to Brian and Alice. Thank you for being awesome. And uh, Alice... Do, happy triangle uh, do some more cover art we desperately need it there's something wrong with the song fight cover bot uh, let's see I would like to shout out to the USA women's soccer world cup team congratulations on defeating Sweden that was a great game looking forward to uh, winning the whole thing yeah yeah shout out to regular listeners the <laughs> US women's <Go> ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they don't They're get big paid as much as art, men right? Ryan they don't get paid as much as men Shout out to the overwhelming favorite. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to crush it. They are going to crush it, and they're amazing. And they all subscribe to the podcast, too. <laughs> yeah, they're totally going to hear it. They're very yeah. approachable. My shout outs, shout out to my uh, two-year-old son, Hugo, who just got home and probably wants dinner. Shout out to my wife, Dory, for allowing me to do this call and uh, taking him elsewhere to make less background noise. Uh, shout out to you guys for doing this because it's pretty awesome. Can't wait to hear the results and how fantastic I sound and smart and funny, <laughs> uh, which means you'll have to re-record it with the JB impersonator later. But 
can't wait to hear that and uh shout out to i don't know insert i'll get i'll leave some space shout out to Ivius for getting married <laughs> and also a shout out to those guys are awesome <laughs> <Long head. laughs> you didn't get give us a shout out dot enough time to fill it in oh that's all right <laughs> that makes it even better Monkhead <laughs> for <laughs> running song fight fluffy for fixing shit when it breaks yes when something goes down you can rely on fluffy about 30 seconds later to be like here's what's wrong here's why and i either- hate php Here's why I hate I hate Dream Host. But, you know, it's, it's hard to argue with something that's been running for 20 years with, like, no major outages. Right, and probably costs less than $10 a month. Yeah, it does. All right, that's it, folks. I'm going to hit stop on the record. Thanks for everything. 